Behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. And he was of the town of Arimathea, city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. And this man went unto Pilate, and he begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen, laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, where never man before was laid. That day was the preparation, the Sabbath drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulchre, how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointment and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. As you listen, you can expect the Word of the Living God to encourage, challenge, and comfort you. We live in difficult times, but we can expect our God to provide answers to the big questions in your life through His Word. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we finish up chapter 23 of Luke, we begin in verse 50. And Luke introduces us to a man by the name of Joseph from the town of Arimathea. Now, he is written about in the other Gospels as well, Matthew 27, Mark 15, John chapter 19, along with Nicodemus. Now, Jesus' body needed to be buried before the Sabbath day was started, so there was a need for diligence on Joseph's part to secure Jesus' body and place him in the tomb. And as we find out, Joseph placed our Lord's body in his own tomb, which he had hewn out of a rock, and he made a tombstone also to roll over the opening. Dr. Mitchell goes on to chapter 24, verses 1 through 11, to share Jesus' resurrection. And he gives us an exposition of those that cared for the body of Christ and his resurrection on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, Luke chapter 23, verse 50. The end of chapter 23, where we have the burial of Savior, then chapter 24, the resurrection of our Lord. I'm looking forward to a time of real fellowship with you as we discuss these things together. Now, we have been dealing in the last two or three lessons with the crucifixion of our Savior, salvation of a dying thief, uh, and I believe personally the salvation of the centurion who made the, gave the testimony, certainly this was a righteous man. As I said then, I repeat it, since when did a Roman officer testify that one being crucified was righteous? He must have had some ground for that statement. As you read the text, you can't help but see that he saw things, he heard things, he recognized things, and this was his testimony. Now, starting in at verse 50 to the end of the chapter, we have the burial of our Lord. Remember in 1 Corinthians 15, 
the gospel which we declare unto you, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and raised again from the dead according to the Scriptures. We read from verse 50. Um, and behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. I take it from that statement that Joseph could have been member of the Sanhedrin, but was not in agreement at all and did not consent to our Savior being developed for crucifixion. And he was of the town of Arimathea, city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God, and he was waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And this man went unto Pilate, and he begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen, laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. That day was the preparation, the Sabbath drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after, and beheld the sepulcher, how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointment, and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now you notice that this man, Joseph of Arimathea, and in one of the other Gospels, by the way, you have Nicodemus, uh, of whom you read in John chapter 3, the ruler who came to Jesus by night. And he, together with Joseph of Arimathea, were the ones who brought spices, and they were preparing the Lord for burial. You'll notice in verse uh, 52 and 53, the man went on to Pilate, and he begged the body of Jesus. Uh, when you go to the other gospel, you have some more detail where uh, Pilate asked if the, he was already dead. When he found that he was already dead, then he gave the permission to Joseph of Arimathea to take the body and bury it. And in verse 53, he took it down and wrapped it in linen, laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. Now, it might be well for me to suggest this, just in speaking of that verse, it was put in a sepulcher that was hewn out of stone, where nobody had ever been buried. If you ever have the opportunity of going to Palestine, to Israel, and you go out to the, just outside of the city of Jerusalem, you have what is known as Gordon's tomb. Now, there is a place inside the city, supposedly, where our Lord was buried. But I, I agree, I think, with a great many men that the sepulcher known as Gordon's tomb, which is just below Calvary. You remember the place of the skull was where our Lord was crucified. And right below that was a garden in which was a sepulcher wherein never man had laid. And if you were to go there today, you go to this sepulcher, known as Gordon's tomb, you'll find that when our Lord was buried, no one ever else was buried in that tomb. And you'll find one place which was already fitted for one adult body. And then there was a, an unfinished one for a baby and an unfinished one possibly for a woman. And... Uh, there was the door. You go into the sepulcher, and you can see the whole thing. You can even visualize where the angels sat, where the body of our Lord had laid. 
even today. In fact, God has protected that, uh, that tomb from being used by anyone else, even down through the centuries. I don't want to go into that except to just mention that. Uh, he laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. Now, it might be well for me to suggest man's attitude to the burial of our Savior. Our Lord was buried. You find this in Matthew 27, Mark chapter 15, and especially at the end of Matthew 27, verses 62 to 66. You remember the Jews came to Pilate and said, that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again from the dead. Now, you make the sepulchre sure. We don't want this man being raised from the dead. And Pilate says, you have a watch, fall, and make the sepulchre as sure as you can. So they went to the sepulchre, and they rolled the stone in front of it, and sealed the stone, and set a watch. Well, you notice all hell and men were determined to keep the body of Jesus in the tomb. You see, friend, even if you don't believe the Bible, the powers of hell do. That is, Satan knows that when God speaks, he means exactly what he says. When you come to the 16th Psalm, you remember it says, Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. God has declared that his son, his holy one, did not see corruption. Now they've crucified him, and they've buried him, and they've rolled a stone in front of the door of the sepulcher, and they've sealed the stone, and they even said a what? To be sure that he wasn't going to come out of that tomb. Even though even though they didn't believe Jesus, they're going to make things sure. They're not going to take anything to chance. Jesus said in John chapter 2, you remember, destroy this body, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it again. This he said concerning his body. And the Jews are going to make sure of it. By the way, the disciples forgot that. But the enemies of Jesus did not forget it. They did not forget it. Even though they didn't believe it, they're not going to take any chances on this. So they, they sealed the stone, said a what? I repeat it, all men and hell, Jews and Gentiles and hell were teamed up together to keep the body of Jesus in the tomb. I repeat it, all the powers of men, the powers of hell, wanted Jesus to be left in that tomb. Now, having said that, I want you to turn to chapter 24. Chapter 24 is a great chapter on resurrection. The first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, who the women did, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the sepulcher, they found a stone rolled away from the sepulcher, from the tomb. And they entered in. You can do that today, you can walk in. And they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, 
Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his word, and they returned from the Sabbath and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Now here you have the resurrection of our Savior. May I say, friend, the resurrection of Christ is the logical sequence to his life and death. His birth was miraculous. His life was miraculous. His death was miraculous. And the logical sequence would be resurrection. And here we have him appearing unto the women. Now in Mark chapter 16, we read that he first appeared unto Mary Magdalene and then to the women, and so on. I take it from the context that Mary Magdalene went back to the sepulchre after the other women, and she had gone and told the eleven. I think she went her way back to the sepulchre, and you have that story in John Gospel chapter 20. You remember where Mary, Mary Magdalene met the Savior. She was seeking a dead Christ, not a living Christ. Now notice, please, the context. They came to the sepulcher for the purpose of embalming the body of our Savior. Here they find the stone rolled away, the sepulcher empty. I wonder what the effect would have been upon them. And here they are, they are rebuked by angels who said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's not here. He's risen. And then he rebuked the angels, rebuked the women for their unbelief because they said, Remember what he said to you while he was in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again, and they remembered his words. And may I again remind you that our Lord three times announced his death. But he never announced his death without also announcing his resurrection. And here again the angel drove them to the word of God. Don't you remember what he told you? Is it not an amazing thing how you and I will read the word of God? We don't believe it. We just seems to be beyond us. That's right. That's why the Spirit of God has come to reveal to you and to me the deep things of God. Knowledge of God comes through revelation by the Spirit of God through his word. Now let me just stop here for a few moments. Why do you seek the living among the dead? You remember in Matthew's Gospel 27, 28, pardon me, the angel said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. He's not here. He's risen, as he said. And he'll meet you in Galilee. So you have them coming to the tomb, seeking a dead Christ. Friend, let me just say this. Let us not seek a dead Christ. 
Our Lord is no longer on a cross. He's no longer in the tomb. We're not joined to a dead Christ. We're joined and related to a living Christ, one who has not only put away sin, but has burst the bands of the tomb. Death is no longer victor over the believer in Christ. You remember Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15 says, Our Lord became a man. For what purpose? That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver us who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. You and I would be under the bondage of death if it were not for the fact that he was raised from the dead. If he's not raised from the dead, you haven't anything. I'm going to speak of that a little later. The value, the import of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. He is not here. He is risen as he said. Now remember, they went to see a dead Christ. They expected to find the body of Jesus in the tomb. When they got there, the body wasn't there. Which forces me to say that when we speak of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, it's a physical resurrection of Christ. The Bible does not speak of a, of a spiritual resurrection. Now it's true that you and I were dead in trespasses and sins, and now we are alive in Christ. But it never speaks of it being a spiritual resurrection. Resurrection in the, in the script has to do with the body. Notice they came to see and embalm the body of Jesus. The angel said, he is not here. He is risen, as he said. What was risen? The body. I remember one time being in a meeting in a, in a very large home in, in Minnesota. And I was meeting with about 30, 30, 40 people. Uh, the elite of that area, that is when I speak of a social standing, and I was asked if I would address them. You know, it's sometimes it's embarrassing to be in a place where you're asked to have a meeting and you're sitting in a, in a home before a group of people whom you've never seen before, and the hostess says to you, it's all yours. Now what are you going to do? You're not going to sing. If I were to sing, they would all get up and leave. Not a prayer meeting, it's a question of giving it testimony. So I began to speak about the work of reaching boys and girls for Christ. At that time, we had quite a work here in Portland among boys and girls. And I, of course, I was telling them what we taught the children about the Savior, about his life, about his death, burial, resurrection, exaltation. And I was stopped in the middle of my statement by a very fine young surgeon. And he said to me, Mr. Mitchell, I ought to, from what you say, you seem to intimate that the resurrection was the resurrection, the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I said, yes, that's what I, I'm glad it's that clear. Oh, no, he said. Oh, no, he said. It couldn't be, couldn't be a physical resurrection. Why, that's contrary to all human experience. The thing was spiritual. You know, in two seconds flat, just about every boy in the room said, of course, of course it's spiritual. And before I could say a word, and my mind was running in high gear, just trying to think what right words I could use to explain to this young surgeon, this doctor, 
to prove the physical resurrection of Christ. Before I could say a word, my host, very, very wonderful, wonderful man, he stood up well over six feet tall, and with a quiet voice, he just said to this doctor, he said, Dr. So-and-so, you're the surgeon. Uh, in the, the process of your ministrations with people in surgery, do some of them die? Oh, yes, he said. I'm sorry to say some die. Well, he said, what dies? Well, the doctor said, why, of course, the body dies. Then he said, sir, if it's the body that dies, what will be raised again? No answer. Then he turned to me and he said, Jack, go on with your message. You know, it was so simple. What died? The body died. Then what's going to be raised? Well, that which died. Resurrection doesn't mean anything if that which died wasn't raised again from the dead. See, friend, what I'm after here. The Bible speaks of the physical resurrection from the dead body that was nailed to the cross and put in the tomb was the body that was raised from the dead. And if Christ be not raised from the dead, we are yet in our sins, we are of all men most miserable. And Corinthians 15, he's talking about physical resurrection from the dead. I want this to make very, very clear to your mind. Here you have him. He is not here. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen, as he said. You remember what he said to you? The Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Please notice the angels drove them to the Scriptures, to what he had said. It would be a wonderful thing if the Spirit of, the Spirit of God would have drive you and me to the Scriptures. Oh, that we might get into the Word of God and find out what He has to say to us. Now, I want to, I want to speak further on this in our next lesson. First of all, concerning Peter in verse 12, where Peter, greatly uh, wondering at the testimony of these women, and he himself went to the sepulchre and found it empty. And then remember what he says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and chapter 3 concerning resurrection of our Savior. My friend, we present to you today not a dead Christ, but a living Christ, a glorified Savior, an exalted Lord who has all authority in heaven and in earth. If I'm talking to you believers, remember you and I are joined to a risen Christ not a dead Christ, a living Christ. Just as we have in John 14, 19, because I live, said he, we shall live also. And in that day you'll know that I'm in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. Oh, the marvel of it all, that we can present men and women a living, glorified Savior. Friend, is he your Savior? Is he your Savior? I want to testify to the fact that when I accepted the Lord, I did not accept a dead Christ. I accepted a living, glorified, exalted Savior. True, he died, put away our sins. But also, thank God, he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father that your faith and your hope might be in God. A guarantee that he put away our sins 
God raised him from the dead. Lord bless you today. that day when my faith shall be Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.